Join our podcast conversation as we share ideas, insights, and information that will educate, inform, and inspire. We will blend our knowledge of online safety and emotional awareness to help you have a better understanding of your kids' online world and their emotional responses and well-being. Hey, Sarah. Paul, we've got a special guest. We do. Her name is Alana McGinn, and something about Alana, she loves sleep, I hear. <laughs> I do love sleep. Who doesn't nowadays, right? Oh, True. yes. <laughs> and you know what's really, I'm, I'm really interested in this podcast. I'm really actually super excited. Mixing the world of technology and sleep. Does technology impact sleep? Short answer, yes. yes. So then <laughs> the podcast is over. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming by. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. The end. Um, Yeah, it can definitely impact our sleep. Um, But I think, you know, I think throughout this time that we're going to be talking, I'm going to talk about some tech that can actually maybe even help us sleep better. So Mm -hmm. not all tech affects our sleep. Most does. It depends what tech we're allowing in. But there is some tech that can help us sleep better. Mm. Good. Before we get yeah. to that, um, can you tell the audience a bit about you, your business, and what makes you love sleep so much and made it into a business? Because I find that interesting. So uh, so my name is Lana McGinn. My company is Goodnight Sleep Site. We are a sleep uh, coaching practice. We work with babies up to adults and, and corporations as well. Um, and we work on sleep coaching, sleep training, um, and getting individuals and, and children to sleep better. Um, I started this, I had my first daughter who's 14 now. So we'll say, you know, 14 years ago, uh, I wasn't sleeping because I had a baby. I uh, didn't really realize the impact of sleep loss because up until then I was sleeping great uh, without children, as I'm sure many people listening can understand. Um, and, you know, this is, a, it's, my industry is a very new industry. It's a very fast growing industry, but it is a relatively new industry. And 14 years ago, there wasn't individuals that like myself that could help with sleep training. So it was something where, you know, you read the books and you spoke to your mom and you spoke to your friends and kind of helped piece things together. Um, And then fast forward, you know, three years after that, I was pregnant with my twins. And um, one of my girlfriends was also pregnant and was hiring a sleep coach. And I thought, well, I should look into that. And got certified and started Goodnight Sleep Site. And now we have over 20 consultants throughout Canada and the US. And um, growing every year and loving it and love my sleep because my kids are sleeping. It's great. Now, did you find that when you made the, the transition to learning about sleep and approaches and techniques that you, that you hopefully will get into a few of them, uh, did you find that you could instantly apply those to your kids, even as you were creating the company? that as you were learning, you could apply it and notice that your infants and your toddler probably at the time were sleeping better? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I say, well, with my eldest daughter, um, you know, I was, it was kind of trial and error because I was learning as I went, you know, I was a new parent, like so many new parents, and not just in terms of sleep, we're, you know, our new kid is kind of like our guinea pig for everything, right? We're, we're trying everything with them. Um, But with the twins, I always say they were my first twin client. 
I thought, oh man, my goose is cooked. I got twins. Like there's no way I'm going to get both of them sleeping through the night at the same time. That's not going to happen. So um, thankfully it did. Um, but what's been amazing about my journey with Good Night Sleep Site is as I'm getting older, as my kids are getting older, you know, it's that's where the tween and teen programs came from mm -hmm. and the adult programs and corporate programs, because my sleep health has changed as I'm getting older. Um, my kids sleep health and those around me too, you know, I was having parents and grandparents coming up to me saying, my kids sleep great, but my sleep is lousy. So, you know, that's when I took that step and got um, uh, educated on adult sleep and tween and teen sleep, because, you know, they need help too. I love that you call it sleep health. Paul, have you ever heard it called sleep health? I love the fact that it is really truly about our health. We don't always connect the two, but I did a course and it was actually a course through Yale on the science of well-being and the research behind sleep that impacts your health, well-being, your mood and your emotional state, yeah. which is right up my alley, uh, is massive. It is. I mean, sleep, when you look at the three pillars of health, you it's nutrition, exercise and sleep. Um, and often, you know, as individuals, we just tend to focus on the nutrition and exercise, which is so important. We need to, right? We need to eat well, we need to move our bodies. Um, but it's very rare where you'll, you'll hear an individual talk about, I need to sleep better. I need to focus on my sleep. You know, it's like, I need to go to the gym. I need to start a diet. I need to start a cleanse. Um, I need to work out more because we know we're not working out. We know the food we're putting into our mouths, but we all do sleep. We may not be sleeping enough. We may not be getting the right quality or quantity of sleep, but we do sleep. So we might not understand that we need to put more focus into our sleep health. And when we look at the three pillars, I really view sleep as, as the foundation of the other two, because when we're not sleeping well, we're not eating well, we're, we tend to crave more carbs, more sugar. Our body isn't able to metabolize its food as well. Um, we're not working out because we're exhausted. We don't have the energy to go work out. Um, so it's important to, to focus on your sleep health for sure. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that. the foundation of, you know, mm -hmm. you're having a great day. And we spoke off air about this, yeah. um, that, you know, sometimes you, when I wake up and I'm overly exhausted, I know I haven't, uh, I didn't have a good sleep. And it, does it affect my day? I, I mentally overcome it for sure. Um, but I like to wake up not having to fight that. And sometimes I do. And it really is because of my schedule in terms of yeah. the work I do during the day, uh, how late I could be speaking. If I'm speaking in the province, for example, in Alberta, I may not be <clears throat> wrapping up until my local time, 1030. Um, I should be getting ready for bed, but I'm still mentally stimulated, which means I'm actually falling asleep later. And then the next day I've got something in Ontario, which means I'm getting up and it's just impacting you. So I feel it sometimes and it really does you feel it in terms of the way you start your day, but I have to mentally overcome that. I just rather not. I'd rather just have a solid night's sleep and just wake up not feeling tired sometimes. Yeah, for sure. What are, what are some, before we get into the impact of technology on our sleep, just be, before that, what are a few key points that are, say, a simple, effective approach that even a listener right now could apply to just better their sleep or someone in their family sleep? So this is where, you know, the first thing that I always say is just is focus on your own personal sleep needs, because they're not all the same. You know, my mm -hmm, sleep needs mm -hmm. might be different than yours, Sarah, yours, yours, Paul. Um, but, but take into account that change likely needs to happen. Also take into account that any change that you you do, 
to your overall sleep health or overall sleep plan is very similar to if you're putting together a workout plan or nutritional plan. You're not going to see the results the first day you go to the gym, unfortunately, right? You're not going to see the results the first day of, of, of your latest cleanse. It takes 21 days to change a habit. And a lot of things when we're, we're bettering our sleep is changing habits. So whatever plan you put together to, to sleep better, give yourself time to get there. It's not an overnight fix, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but focus on, on sleep hygiene, you know, things like, you know, following consistent sleep patterns, um, working with a conducive environment, relaxing and calming. And we're going to get into that more when we talk about tech, um, you know, making sure that you're staying active. Physical activity is so important. It helps build our drive for sleep throughout the day. <coughs> Excuse me. So making sure you're getting in at least 30 minutes throughout the day. Um, if you can, 150 minutes, we like to aim for throughout the week. Um, so focusing on simple steps of, of, um, of sleep hygiene. But then, you know, Paul, you mentioned your mind is going after work. That is something that especially we're seeing in the past two years is mm-hmm. the increase of stress and the increase of, of anxiety and um, trying to quiet your brain. I mean, that's something that I hear so often from adults is, you know, either I can't fall asleep in the middle of the night because my mind is going or uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't shut my brain down and fall back asleep. I think part of the reason is tech. Um, but part of the reason is that we are so busy. We pack so much stuff into our day that we don't allow us to have moments for pause. You know, I call it a personal pause, have moments throughout the day where we can organize our thoughts, where we can go through those stressful thoughts and anxious thoughts and work through them during the day Mm -hmm. so that when we're lying in bed at night, it's not consuming our mind and consuming our thoughts. So give yourself time throughout the day. I always say, give yourself time throughout the day to stress out. Don't push it all down and be um, uh, the word is escaping me right now, um, distracted by life and and your day to day. And then the moment you lie in bed and the distractions are gone, that's when all the thoughts flood in. Um, something like meditation, mindful thought, mindful breathing helps too. So there's different wind down activities you can incorporate as well. I love that you said, give yourself time to be stressed out during the day. Yeah. That, you know what, because, and, and this is my, my, big thing that people know is it's okay to feel. So it's okay to feel those emotions. And if we keep suppressing them or somehow trying to avoid them, which we can't because we're emotional beings, so they will come up. If we have the courage, and it takes courage to look at an emotion and say, oh, hi, anxious, (laughs) there you are, (laughs) right? And there you are. And now I'm going to find healthy ways to acknowledge you, move with you, through you, uh, talk to someone about it, whatever that strategy might be for you. That is allowing you to deal with it before just going to bed. And I yeah. like that you said that because I think oftentimes we we do that. We just, we just almost like you're just surviving and then boom, your brain quiets down. It's like at 4 a.m. Oh, remember you were anxious about that thing or worried about that thing? Let's talk about it now. Yeah, like, that's right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. So find time. I, I, again, I call it a personal pause. It's just, you know, a minute or two throughout the day, find a quiet corner, write out that to-do list, work through the problems you have to work through, have the conversations you need to have um, so that you're not thinking about it in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let's just go back quickly. So you're saying it is good to have naps throughout the day? (laughs) For some, I'm not against naps. Um, I am against naps if you are someone who is really struggling with sleep. So someone who suffers from what we call chronic insomnia, 
which is someone who's been suffering from sleep loss long term. Again, mm -hmm. going back to our the drive for sleep. So our, our goal in the morning from the moment we wake up is to build a strong drive for sleep um, at night. So it's easier for us to fall asleep at night. So ways to do this is keeping those consistent sleep patterns. So waking up relatively at the same time every morning, incorporating physical activity throughout the day, but then also not robbing that drive with naps, right? So if you are someone who's already struggling to fall asleep or not sleeping through the night, and I know you would think that those people are the ones who need the naps because they're not sleeping, but what we're doing is we're robbing that drive for sleep. So it's not as strong as we need it to be at night. So those are actually the individuals I would say, try and avoid daytime sleep and work on your night sleep. For those who sleep really well, they're not overly concerned about their overall sleep health. Uh, maybe they need to make a few adjustments, but nothing crazy. A nap every now and then isn't a big deal. Well, and it's interesting because that's what we do with, with kids normally. If they if we yeah. notice they're not sleeping at night, we're like, oh, we got to take away the nap. You hear parents say that. I know we were in the same situation <laughs> where you try to keep your child up longer so or through the nap so that they go to bed at seven. And, and other, uh, if they have a nap, they might not be tired, tired till, uh, you know, 930. So, I mean, that's a really valuable thing that we do for mainly children, but also applying to us adults. Right. With children, though, sleep equals sleep. So the better they're resting throughout the day, well, not for the older kids, but for the younger kids and the babies, we want them to take those naps because that's actually going to help their night sleep. So it, you know, our, our sleep needs, our uh, quality of sleep and the amount of sleep that we need changes mm. as we get older. Yeah. Yes. No, I was, yeah. And that's what I was meaning older, not babies. Right. No, no yeah. you need to sleep. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hours throughout the day. Have a, have a nap. That's right. So Paul, let's talk about the challenge that, sure. that was out when we talked about, you know, does technology impact your sleep? Because this is a big question I think many have. Lots of people are checking their phones right before they go to bed. I know I've heard from parents that there's teenagers and preteens with their cell phones in their bedroom. They're dinging in the night and you're waking up because it's, oh, your social cue. And uh, that's impacting sleep. So I think this is a really important topic. So I read a study which stated that 56% of Canadians as the last thing they do before they close their eyes is look at their phones. Now, the study didn't state if they were adults, if they're teenagers. And you know, part of my message is that there's a golden rule in technology, which is you do not permit any form of technology in your child's bedroom. That includes a phone because it will distract them in the middle of the night, the blue light, the drama, the responding to a message. They just need a good night's sleep, but it really has to do with online safety. So the message has always been no tech in your children's bedroom, out of the bedroom, find a common area to charge it really for online safety. But then, you know, it could be beneficial for their sleep as well. When I read the study, I was intrigued. So I issued a challenge uh, to my Facebook followers and I said, would you be willing to participate in a one week challenge? And the challenge uh, would incorporate, let's just get to it over here. 30 minutes before you go to bed, you cannot look at your screen. Up until 30 minutes after you wake up, you cannot look at your screen. And I was rather shocked. We had a total of 70 participants, actually more, uh, but then some said, okay, I can't complete it. And they had reasons and there was a business trip and some were religious based and I completely respect that. But 
for the ones that um, went from beginning to end, and some did, um, weren't able to finish it, but I included that in the 70, I have some data. So we asked them after the challenge, uh, a series of questions, and I'm going to share the, an- the question and the answer with you. And I'm so curious as to Alana's take as to some of these answers. Now, uh, of those 70 um, who participate, so some said at the beginning, even though we had more who participated, they said, okay, I have to stop. But others actually started, but they, five of them couldn't finish. 80% of those who participated found it easier not to look at their phone before they went to bed versus after waking up. That's just some background. So mm-hmm. question number one, and this was probably the most important question. By, in, by participating in this challenge, did you get a better night's sleep? And the answers, 75% said they did, 15% say they didn't, and 10% basically said no difference in sleep. What do you say? So I'll touch on the morning on the morning wake up uh, in a second. Let's talk about bedtime first. I think, I mean, here's the thing. As a sleep professional, the biggest sleep bust in our bedroom is tech, hands down. And you know, Paul, that I'm in agreement with you. I don't think tech should be in our kids' bedrooms. Um, it's not in my kids' bedrooms. Um, do they bring their tech in? Yes. But when they go to bed, it stays out. Um, we have a, a docking station in my kitchen. We all plug in. You know, our tech doesn't go into our bedroom either. Um, that is something that I will always stand firm from because I've seen too many kids, tweens, teens, stay up way too late on tech. Like, it's it's mind-blowing. It um, is. And, and yes, I mean, we can get into the whole social safety thing, but just from a sleep standpoint, I mean, it's, 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 they have enough stress and anxiety going on in their life right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just adds to it, like multiplies. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. So yes, in agreement with that. I think one of the main reasons why tech is in our bedrooms, a big part of it is that a lot of people use their phones as alarm clocks. Anyone that I'm talking to, you know, any group or corporation that I'm talking to, when I ask that question, every single, every single person is putting up their hand. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard. It ta- that takes willpower. Again, going back to that habit, that's changing habits, right? It's hard to just use your phone as an alarm clock. This is why I have an actual alarm clock sitting on my night table because I know <laughs> I wouldn't have the willpower to not use my phone as my alarm clock or just as my alarm clock. It would be the last thing that I would look at. Um, so that's always a conversation that I have is stores still sell alarm clocks. You can go out and buy very, you know, affordable alarm clocks. Um, you don't need to use your phone. Um, you know, when Paul, when you, you, when you emailed me about this conversation, I told you that my views changed a little bit on tech than when we originally spoke before COVID. Um, and the reason why that is, is because, um, as a mom of three, I understand the importance of those evening hours for myself and my own mental health. Once the kids either have gone to bed or once they're kind of in their own rooms doing their own thing and they no longer are no longer on the mom clock, um, those evening hours to me are gold. And to many of the clients that I work with are gold. And it was always really hard for me to tell them to not watch TV and not go on their phone and not have just me time. You know, there was that, and maybe you guys have talked about this, but there was that article that was going around about bedtime revenge procrastination, um, where bedtimes were getting pushed out way too late because people were on their, you know, just doing whatever they wanted in that time. Because especially for parents, that's like, that's our time. 
that's our time where we don't have to answer to anyone and we can just do whatever we want. So when I say my views have changed, do I think you need to be scrolling mindlessly on your phone right before you go to sleep? No, it can still stay out of your bedroom. You can still give yourself that tech curfew, if you will, of 30 minutes or so. Um, but if you want to watch something on TV that's like mindless and fluffy and kind of just like brings your stress and anxiety levels down, I say go for it. Don't stream the entire season of a show until two o'clock in the morning. But you can watch an episode or two. That's okay. Um, yeah. You know the social accounts that you shouldn't be following right before you go to bed or looking at. You know, you know the social accounts that maybe make you laugh and make, maybe make you feel good. Those are okay to give a quick view to. Or if you have a friend that you want to text with because they just make you feel better, you know, stay away from the toxic friends, the ones that mm -hmm. deplete your tank. You know, focus on the friends and the family that fills your tank before you go to bed. So. I think it's important that we set boundaries on the tech curfew it for sure. If you have to, if you're really struggling with sleep, but also set boundaries on the tech that you're allowing in news right now is not fun. Nothing out there is things I need to watch, you know, right before I go to bed or, or listen to right before I go to bed. So if you are more sensitive to headlines right now, maybe that's things to avoid. So I'm having more of those conversations than I am just get out, get it out of your room completely. Um, if you are someone who's really struggling with sleep, like I was mentioning before, someone who has chronic insomnia, it's probably a good idea to not have tech in your bedroom. But I think I'm more of a fan of setting boundaries um, and, you know, allowing in some tech that might make you sleep a little bit better because might make put your mind at ease a little bit more. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And what are your, well, I was looking really from the specific of the consumption of the screen. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're doom scrolling, you're watching news, you're responding to that email. And my message to those who participate in the challenge was, can you give yourself a half hour between putting down that phone and falling asleep where you're not thinking about your client, you're not thinking right. about what's happening in the other part of the world, you don't care about what someone had for dinner that night on their Instagram post, can you do it? Um, and is doing it, and we'll get to those answers in terms of how it impacted them, going to impact your sleep because you have a fear, you know, FOMO, of missing out yeah. on something. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that 75% said they had a better night's sleep. That, I think, is powerful. Now, okay, 15 had not didn't have a better night's sleep, 10% indifferent, but three quarters, and I know it's a small number, and it's not scientific by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's huge, though. I think it told those individuals just disconnecting a half hour before you go to bed will result in a better night's sleep and go back to what we talked about at the beginning, how that is the foundation. You have three pillars of everyday health. Well, this is contributing to it because they're admitting, you know what, by not looking at that phone before I go to bed, I'm getting a better night's sleep. So I think that was a, you know, the questions asked um, and the responses, I think that was powerful. I think it really gave a lot of people insight as to, into perhaps maybe that was a, con a component that was contributing to a poor sleep. Absolutely. And, and Alana, that kind of goes back to what you're saying about healthy boundaries, right? Like that could be part <laughs> yeah. of a healthy boundary. Absolutely. And, and listen, there's a lot of great tech that can help you sleep better too, even for our tweens and teens, you know, there's a lot of great, um, you know, meditation apps and mindful mm. breathing mm -hmm. apps and, even bedtime stories or certain podcasts. Um, you know, my girls were laughing at me. I was looking, I was getting ready for a TV segment and I had to do like some 
TikTok sleep hacks and, um, you know, ASMR is huge right now. And they're like, yeah, mom, it's, it's everywhere. Like people love this and, and it really does help people sleep better, you know? So, you know, yes, I think overall we are on tech way too much. It, like I said, it is, I will stand firmly behind this. It is one of the biggest sleep busters probably on your night table for sure. Um, but I do think there's a lot of great tech tech that can help us sleep better as well. Mm -hmm. Here's one of the answers from one of the participants. Yes, I was actually amazed. I could tell that the quality of sleep was better. I find that interesting. I'm not the expert in that field, but to actually identify that you had a better quality, because we talked earlier how sometimes, you know, you want to sleep and you wake up tired. You didn't get good quality sleep. And that was a contributing factor to one of our participants. All right, question number two, and I apologize why this went down. The screen should have been in the middle. Um, What emotions did you feel from not looking at your phone before bed and first thing in the morning and the answers and I have no idea why that is happening. And I apologize. Uh, let me just quickly see if I can. Uh, I like it. I like it. I like it moving all around. Are you yeah. able to re- And the people that are listening to the podcast are like, what are you talking about? I can't see it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're fine. <laughs> so I guess number two was what emotion did you feel from not looking at your phone in the AM. Yeah. And it was said was hard in the morning, wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Well, this kind of goes back to that fear of missing out, Paul, right? And I and I think that can be triggered for a lot of us. But when I'm a preteen and a teen, that's huge. So, yeah, right. you know, knowing that you have to have healthy boundaries around your phone, actually, I would have needed my mom to create that boundary. And would I have liked it? No, but I needed her to set those boundaries because I wouldn't set that boundary for myself as a preteen and a teen. And that's when no, and we can't parents have to do that. To. No, yeah, and that's when can't... parents got to do it. Absolutely. I, you know what? I, I love the, the morning um, challenge. And I think that that is so important. And that's something that I challenge myself with for the past two years now. Um, I specifically don't look at my phone for at least 30 minutes after I wake up. Um, because like I said, our days are so full, um, with distraction, with stress, with anxiety, with life. Um, I don't need to start my day with that. So I really make it, you know, and I also run my own business. So the very first thing I check are my emails, the very, then after that goes right into social media, you know? So, um, if, if I could give people a takeaway, I'll, you know, I'm hoping I'm giving a few takeaways today, but one main one I'll highlight is, is that really try not to check, check your tech as soon as you wake up, mm. give yourself those 30 minutes. Cause that really does set the tone for the rest of the day. And that tone that you're setting for the rest of the day will then factor into how well or not well you can fall asleep at night. Cause it travels with you. Um, so if you're going to wake up first thing in the morning and you're reading that stress, stressful email, um, or your to-do list is just, you know, mounting and mounting and mounting with everything that you're checking and looking at, that's going to stay with you for the rest of the day and then into the evening as well. So I, I stand behind that 100%. Do not yes. look at tech when you first wake up. Yeah, And I've been practicing that too, because Paul, I did the challenge as well. And I, I find if I do a five or 10 minute morning, you know, meditation, mm-hmm. um, I, I have to get my son ready. I've got to get his, his lunch going. I also... I, I love facial rollers. <laughs> so I'm like grabbing that out of the freezer, facial lemon water. And then I find that's been a half an hour. So, the, and then I'm more ready and mentally prepared for 
whatever is going to be. And uh, that little routine I find is very beneficial. So it goes back to that routine. Like what, what's a morning routine you can, you can do. Now, the one thing I found interesting and in this uh, answer number two to the question, the question number two mm-hmm. was very consistent is that parents found it easier not to look at their phone a half hour before they went to bed versus when they woke up and various answers were given to me, including I need to check the, t- the weather for that day, how to dress my kids. <laughs> they want to check on a snow day if there were bus cancellations. So by default, from a parental perspective, they felt that was a component to starting their day. Check the weather. Is there yep. a bus cancellation? Um, is there an email from the school principal? And so many parents, this question, this answer um, is probably summarizing most of the answers from parents. It was more difficult in the morning than it was at night. And you as parents as well, do you find that? It, Alana, you, you've disciplined yourself, but... Do, did you find it? You know, I, I'm going to sound like a terrible parent because I'm like, I don't check any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I look out the window. Eh, it looks okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, the bus, if the bus is canceled, eh, I'll drive. No, and I know that can't. I know not all parents can do that. Um, right. You know, normally we, yes, we do get emails for bus cancellations. Um, you know, we get, a, I will say, and this might irritate people, but we do get up. I do make sure that we get up at a, at a time in the morning where we have enough time to still mm-hmm. factor in that 30 minutes, then check my email. And if there is a bus cancellation, we're not scrambling. So I guess my advice would be, if that is you, if you are having to check the weather, check the, um, the, your email for, for bus cancellations and things like that, maybe get up half an hour earlier, give mm-hmm. yourself that time for yourself. You know, maybe even try and get up before the kids do if you can. If you have early morning wakers, I get it. It's a little bit easier for me talking because my kids are a little bit older, but I, I remember those early days for sure. Um, but maybe you need to give yourself a little bit more time in the morning. Um, I don't know. I don't really think about those things when mm-hmm. I'm in the morning. The other thing I find too, I'm just going to talk on my husband's behalf. So uh, he's he's not getting up and necessarily like making our son's lunch and that sort of thing. Uh, but he'll get up and if he's up a bit, you know, usually later than me. <laughs> uh, I know. think we can both talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it like it is. <laughs> and um, so he'll get up later than me and he will, he'll take the dog outside and then he will check his phone. It is part of his routine. And for him, he says, well, it kind of gets my day going. So for right. him, he associates like, this isn't annoying for me. This is actually this actually prepares me where okay. so it's a different different perspective different mindset it, like that listen, for him I think, that, I think that's fine like mm-hmm. like I said we all have different different needs right mm-hmm. so if that's what helps him um then I think it's okay but I think if for those who are already struggling mm-hmm. um with their days with the amount of just things on their plate or just, you know, having difficulty managing their emotions and their stress and their anxiety. And that's factoring into bedtime. It might be a good tip to try and just try to start your day with a little bit more calmness, with a little bit more relaxation, with a little bit more focus on you than the outside world of technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So question Absolutely. number three was, did you find the benefit from doing this challenge? Sarah, let's, you took, Part in the challenge, I'd love to hear from you first before we read off some answers. Yes, and I would say the one that I 
really benefited from was not looking at my phone right before bed. You know, like you go to quickly check that email because again, it can be stimulating. So now I'm trying to wind down, but now my brain and I, I'm really good at like analyzing things and overthinking. So then now all of a sudden my brain is triggered right back in. And, and like Alana said, like, what are you scrolling on? So I might just go to be like, I'm just going to check my one post, but then other things have popped up. And so now my brain's over here and then I'm trying to go to sleep and, and uh, I'm a big fan of no tech in the bedroom. Like even my husband, we've been high school sweethearts and he was like, no TV in our room ever. And as much as like when I go to a hotel, I'm like, oh, I can lay in bed and there's a TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my treat. Um, but I, I actually really appreciate it. So like we'll sit, we'll watch a movie or watch a show or whatever. And then when we go to bed, um, we're just, we're, we're, there's no tech anywhere. And again, like you, we put our phones in and well, we do it in the kitchen, but I found there was a big benefit from the no tech right before bed. The morning one, I found also benefit that one. I would have to agree is sometimes a bit harder, especially if I've woke up late and I want to check things, but waking up a bit earlier and I started to get into routine and really benefited from it. One of the people who took part of the challenge actually emailed me and I liked what they said um, in regards to this question. So I'm just going to bring it up. They said, when I didn't look at my phone before bed, falling asleep um, was much easier. And that's always been an issue for me. So I fell asleep faster and mornings I took at a slower pace as I concentrated on me rather than what was going on Hmm. in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And so just bringing that mindfulness awareness to say, um, I'm going to look at me right now and just be in this moment before my brain starts going out into everything else that's going on in the world or in my family. One of the, uh, one of my favorite replies from uh, one of the parents was learned. I rely too much on checking my phone things. The things I miss can be checked later. And I think that is so vitally important. You can check it later. It wasn't necessary to check it in the moment upon waking up. And what, I'm, what I learned about all the answers is that we have become dependent. We fell into a habit of doing the checking and having a need to be updated on news, having a need to see if there's an email coming in. Remember, 20 years ago, this was a non-issue. We've allowed ourselves to fall into this habit and into this quote-unquote trap. And I think people are realizing we can actually wait. And so that was a great answer. Another answer, better sleep for me is a huge benefit on its own. But I also got more knitting done by having to put my phone down. I love that. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. And you know what this goes into? This goes into my husband will love to hear this. Is it goes into... He's always like with our son, he's super active in sports, but if he's not playing a sport, if he's home, what he loves to do is play a video game. And my, my husband's always like, he needs time to be bored, do something else. And I'm a big fan of like, yes, no, no, no. He needs time to be, to be bored, to do other things. And that's also what I'm thinking of when I hear that reply is adults. We need time to not be consumed with everything else going in the world or all the technology or quickly getting back. To just say, you know what? I could knit. I could do that. Or whatever that looks like for you to be 
bored, quote unquote, from technology and do something else? And I thought this answer, Sarah is going to love, <laughs> excuse me, because it basically stated, I didn't go down the scrolling rabbit hole, um, which was a routine. And I spent less time on social media. I'm just summarizing basically this paragraph here. But at the end, my mood was better. Sarah, her mood was better as a result of not having to turn on the device, go down maybe the rabbit hole she calls, you know, the doom scrolling of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And you start off your day better. I think that's powerful. Again, that is one response from one individual who felt better not having to check and being sucked into in the first thing in the morning what is happening around the world. And if that impacts a person's mood, I mean, you know, Alana said there are three pillars for health, one of which is sleep. Well, now you wake up from a good night's sleep and your mood is better because you didn't go right to your device. So many benefits that you can talk about. Absolutely. Well, I do think that sometimes we don't give enough credit to uh, what we see and what we, we look at and experience. Actually, we create a perspective and a story, and that actually impacts our emotional state and our mood. So our brain is a very powerful tool that can either work for us or against us. It's how we use it. So setting up healthy boundaries, going back to Atlanta, what you said before, I think is imperative in many areas of our life, but especially right now that we're talking about tech when it applies to sleep. And if sleep applies to health and well-being, then this is very important to set boundaries around and to know what works for you and what's not working, but also have that willpower to say, yeah. this isn't working. That's well, right. Let's and that summarize. goes into our next question. Yeah. Yeah. Will you continue? And there, the answer was 75% said yes. And um, the reason there's an asterisk, which the presentation got cut off, um, the answers uh, for those who weren't able to, again, go back to they're so dependent on checking the weather, mm -hmm. stuff for school, uh, religious factors. And many people were just utilizing it as that device. And so they weren't, uh, that, that alarm clock, device as an alarm clock. And so they were very honest. They appreciated the challenge. They would do another challenge, but could they continue it by discipline? 25% said they couldn't. And that's respectable, but it's amazing how 75% said, yeah, you know what? I can continue on with it. Oh, sorry. That's, <laughs> that's okay. This is real life. I knew it was going to happen at some point. Okay, he's, I think, done. Sorry, Amazon that delivery. <laughs> that was short. But just to springboard off what you were saying, Paul, I want, um, this is an answer I got from someone, and it said, I have adopted this, adopted this practice. It was mm -hmm. much easier than I anticipated. So it's funny how our brain will say, this is really hard, but maybe it's not as hard as you think it is. Maybe your brain has misjudged it, because most people were saying it was easier than they thought. And it said, the going on in the world will wait. My, my personal daytime is more important. I also find I am unplugged for more than half an hour before bed in the morning now. So this was someone who reached out to me quite a bit after and said, I actually have extended it. I'm longer than half an hour. So it's like, great. You know, yeah. this goes back to find what works for you, but be mindful enough to say, do I need to switch some things up? And, and that's what it comes down to. Like, that's what I was mentioning before. That was the very first thing that I, I mentioned in terms of tips is it's changing habits, right? So, you know, they did the challenge, which is amazing. Some said 
I don't know if I can keep this up. You know, it's like we go to the gym for the first week and then it's like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to keep going. <laughs> right? or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or we start a cleanse and it's like, I'm good by day five, you know? So it's hard. It's not easy for some, but it's, it's the same kind of, um, I try and just have people understand that it's, it's the same type of mentality. It's, it's being committed and, and staying committed to those changes and you will see the results. You will feel the results. Um, and for those who can, I get it. It's, 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 it's tough to do for some. Um, but if you can incorporate it's it's lifestyle changes. If you can incorporate it into your lifestyle, you'll see the results and you'll feel the results, I should say. Mm-hmm. And looking at, and that's what I find too, is looking at the benefit, the end result. So that that's the, the pleasure. So if you can get through the pain of change and adaptation, right? Like that, that we don't always like change because it's something different. But if you can say, okay, this might feel a bit painful right now, but in the end, I'm going to get a stronger outcome. It's like you're really focusing on the end result to help guide you. I always find for myself, that's what I need to focus on. I have to focus on, well, what's the... What's my end result? So then yeah. I can make choices to get there. Otherwise, you get caught in this is hard. I feel uncomfortable. I'm frustrated. And then it's easy just to stop instead of nope, there's going to be, there's going to, there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's right. It's true. And with everything tech wise, it's a discipline. And so if you have the discipline, excellent. <clears throat> if you struggle with it, I know there's help available out there. Um, but you know, one thing I, I just recently posted on my Facebook page is that it's okay to ask for help. And even oh. when it comes to a topic like this, no one's an expert except for Alana on sleep <laughs> and we all need answers. So in even some way- I sometimes have to make adjustments to my own sleep health. Yeah. I mean, you're, I'm human, right? So yeah. there's, there's times where even I'm not sleeping well, it happens. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. so long as we all know that there's help available and that we have the ability to ask for help, we just have to make sure that we do and not be afraid to ask for help because we're embarrassed or shy. There's always going to be someone that can help us and assist us. So to wrap up, because um, I know we've gotten a little over time, Lana, thank you for your help and for guiding our audience today. Uh, we appreciate your feedback, your tips, your tricks. And if you want to one last time, let everyone know where they can reach you at. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and you can find out more information at goodnightsleepsite.com on how we can help you or your family sleep better. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to listen to you, to learn from you. I am excited, Paul, at this this newfound information, you know, just to really apply it, especially when it comes to boundaries, right? That's, I think, my big takeaway is boundaries and knowing that sleep is a huge part of health. So thank you for that. Thank you, Elena. Thanks, everyone.